Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to the broadcast today. We're just excited to be here, and uh, we're excited to be studying in the book of Colossians. And uh, it's going to be a great time today as we gather around God's Word here in the first chapter of Colossians. This is Cross Time with Pastor Curtis, and I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. And I, I, I'm thrilled to be able to gather with you online every Monday and Friday at noon and uh, just to be seeing the wonderful truths in, in the Word of God. It is, it is beyond a beautiful and really a sacred thing to be handling the Scriptures in light of the one who claimed he is the light and the context of what he did at Calvary to become the light of God to us. Now, that, 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 that is a rare, it's a rare thing <clears throat> to find in our day and time or any, anywhere throughout the church history where people would gather around the Word of God to learn Christ. A lot of things people want to learn, but we need to be learning Christ because with Christ comes everything. That we don't have, you know, you don't have to spend three years on the study of prophecy. If listen, if God's called you to prophesy, just learn Christ. And He by His Spirit will be found prophesying through you. We get caught up in all these distractions other than just learning. Christ in the scriptures. And the only way we can do that is not by knowing him after the flesh. The Bible says no man knows him after the flesh. I want you to think about something that's very, uh, really just beautiful, but so important for us to know that the apostle Paul knew Jesus better than all the other disciples, yet he never walked with him in the flesh. It wasn't there when he was performing the miracles. He labored more, he said, by the Spirit, by the way. He wrote this, that he labored more than all the other disciples by the grace of God. And this is because he didn't know Christ after the flesh. And hear me very carefully, my friends, you can do far more in the Spirit after the Spirit, following Christ after and in the Spirit than those folks ever could have imagined who were there with Him in that day. And that's Jesus taught that. If you have faith in me, you'll do the works I've done. Greater works will you do. So, and the Apostle Paul is a, is, a, is a good example of that, carrying the message of the cross everywhere he went and suffering greatly for it. But nevertheless, we need to be learning Christ. And that's our goal. That's our intention. Not all the other thing. With Christ comes the direction, comes the, the power, comes the instruction, and, and, and everything we need comes with Christ. And people just kick kick so hard to get, well, we need to focus on prayer for a while and on faith for a while. It doesn't matter what we focus on under the leading of the Holy Spirit. It'll always, if it's of the Holy Spirit, it will be taking from what is Christ's and it will be revealing Christ through us and magnifying Him and glorifying our Heavenly Father. That doesn't happen, my friend, unless our faith is anchored 
unmovable away from the sacrifice Christ became to us on the cross. And so I'm thankful to be in that number today, those who are handling the Word of God in its righteous context when truth is spoken, righteousness is revealed, and then righteousness, the righteousness of faith can be experienced and that path of righteousness can be lit up, the Bible says, even the closer we get to going home. Hallelujah. Well, everything we do here on uh, in the ministry is, is uh, published on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, and the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. Right now, we're live on the Crossway Church, Queen City, Texas Facebook page. And we are hopefully live on the Podbean app, and our channel is for those who have ears to hear. And you can listen to all the messages and teaching sessions in audio form there at Podbean. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N, not Podbeam, but Bean. And again, our channel is for those who have ears to hear. There's over a thousand messages and teaching sessions on there for, for you to be able to glean, learn the Word of God in its proper context, which is the living Word of God and what He did at Calvary to become the impartable Word of God into your heart. Hallelujah. This weekend, Robin and I actually be leaving this afternoon to go to Austin, Texas to be with Pastor Jonathan Bateo and the Determined Church. That's the name of it. Hallelujah. There in Austin. And we'll be there in the morning at 10 a.m. and Sunday morning at 10 a.m. So if you're anywhere near Austin, Round Rock area, come on out. Be a part of the services in the morning and Sunday morning. You will be greatly blessed as God is able to gather His people around the glorious gospel of His Son. Hallelujah. Also, uh, the Bass family from Palestine, Texas, Christ Community Church, will be here March the 15th through the 17th. And that's a, going to be a full weekend, Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday night, and Sunday morning. You don't want to miss any of it, so make plans, get your hotel reservations, drive cross-country. You're going to be blessed when the cross of Christ is the focus God just can't help himself. He's got to show up. We don't make him. It's what he's chosen. It's the avenue through which he's chosen to show up. Glory be to God. Also, that very next weekend, uh, March the 22nd through the 24th, I'll be at the Word of the Cross Ministries there in Naples, Florida with Pastor Pastors Mahari and Monique Warfield and the great saints there who are striving together for the faith of the gospel there. And I mean, this is a blazing fire, this move of God that's taking place where the message of the cross is, is, has the preeminent place in, in these men and these women proclaiming the gospel in these last days without room for, for opening up the pulpit to anybody else. We, we, we've We've allowed that too long. We will not tolerate that any longer. No distractions. We will not allow anything that would attempt to move us away from God's focus, which should always be ours. Amen. The focus of His Son and what He did at Calvary. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Glory be to God. So if you're anywhere near any of these places that we'll soon be, uh, come on out and join us and have a great time. For Just throw this in in July.
July. Hadn't set the exact date yet, but we'll be up in Connecticut and uh, ministering there. We'll get the details out of that later. And of course, youth camp this year in Palestine, Texas, June the 3rd through the 6th. And the October camp meeting, the dates are already out there for that too. I don't have them before me. Don't want to give you the wrong dates, but praise the Lord for all these opportunities the Lord has given us to spread this glorious gospel of His Son, the great testimony of the Son of God. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Colossians chapter 1, uh, we're going to begin today in verse 12. Now, if you missed the first four sessions, you need to go back before you jump into this fifth session, and you need to go listen to the other four sessions, really, because everything builds up to where we are now. That's why you can't just open your Bible and start reading. You could get a blessing, but you won't get the fullness of the blessing because you won't have the fullness of its context unless you are reading uh, line upon line, precept up on precept. That's very important. So, But we'll start today here in verse 12 of Colossians chapter 1. Giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of of sins. Now we're going to be right here and I pray the Lord impart truth into our hearts today. I've asked the Lord already to deal with us such, so much so today in the inward man that it would radiate even out to our outward fleshly bodies. And I mean the power of the gospel. It's all about what God is doing inside the heart. And if he can get the work done in the heart, then it can all flow outside and through us to touch the lives of others and to even change our very own lives. Amen. So let's look at this. This is just the, the, the coming out of something that he was building before this. And it's talking about a walk, the walk. If you, if you look back in verse 10, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks. Here, here comes the, 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 the result of this experience. But just, just having a habit of saying thank you outside of this experience is just what that means. It's just a habit. It's just verbal words. The, the thankful heart is thankful in the way God wants it to be thankful only through faith in the sacrifice. There's where the true thankful heart is being experienced and and thanksgiving is offered to God. And we could get deep into this uh, topic of uh thanksgiving and being thankful in all things and we could really stay here but I just want to point out that it's the end of this this result if you will of a walk that's worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing and it pretty much ends right here with giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet it means he's qualified us to be partakers of 
of the inheritance of the saints in light. And, that, and, and, and really what this means is in the light. And when you're talking about the light of God's word, Jesus said he is the light. And of course we know he is because he is the living word of God. John chapter 1 verses 1 and 2 and verse 14. Write that down. You can look at it later. But Jesus is the light. There is no light of God that does not come from Christ among men. There is none. And he is the light of the world. He claimed he was and he is. And because it, he is the living word and God's word is our lamp to our feet and our light to our path. But Jesus is the S-U-N, he's called in Malachi, of righteousness. The S-U-N, let's look at that if we could this morning because the Lord wants to bring about a point here that I, I didn't plan on saying, but we need to look at this because it's so beautiful. The son of righteousness in Malachi chapter 4 verse 2. But unto you that fear my name shall the son, capital S, U-N, the son of righteousness, arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go forth and grow up as calves in the stall. Now, the light of God's word, of course, it's Christ. But the light of Christ is the righteousness that he's come and offered. We were in darkness. We, we were in darkness. We were in sin. We were without hope. We were without strength. We were lost, dead in our sins, in our trespasses. And Christ comes on the scene, declares himself to be the light of this world, and then he gives his life so that we can partake of, and that's exactly what we just read in verse 12, so that we can partake of him in the light that he is, which is his righteousness. The, he is the sun. He's not the sun ball in the sky. He created that, and we'll see that later in this chapter, but he is the S-U-N in type of righteousness. He is our righteousness. Christ Jesus is that which is right to God. Jesus is that which is upright to God. Nobody else is upright to God unless they're in the upright one. Nobody is able to, to, to walk in the light unless they're walking in Christ. And that's important that you go back and listen to the last sessions, especially the fourth one, how, how we talked about where in the next chapter, Colossians 2 verse 6 tells us that to walk in Christ, you have to do it exactly like you received Christ, which was faith in his sacrifice. And here we're seeing in this first chapter, and I told you this last week, and I believe it with all my heart, the, the, this first chapter, at least the first 12 verses of it, is revealing what that walk looks like what that walk looks like. And you go back and look at it, listen to our other session, you'll have to agree because it's written here for us. But Jesus is our light because he is our righteousness because he took our sin upon him, the one who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And remember, Jesus told us as his 
people, you are, you are the light of the world. You are light. Therefore, the Bible said, walk is light. It not that what the Bible said? You're, you're light, so walk as the light. And the only reason that Jesus can tell us we're light is because we're in him who is the light by him forgiving our sins and making us the righteousness of God in him. And very beautiful this is. If you look, and I think we did this last week, but we'll do it again today. Psalms 37, verse 6, so beautiful. Watch, and he shall bring forth your righteousness, that's Jesus, as the light and your judgment as the noonday. So there we see that God has made this righteousness that Christ is to us, who is our light, to, to be our very light because it has become our righteousness. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I know you want to see that, and so do I. Let's go look at it again. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the very last verse there explains this. For he has, God has made Jesus to be sin. For us, that means he took our sin upon him who knew no sin. It was our sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That we might, remember, your righteousness has been made unto you the light. So that we might be made the righteousness of God in him, we are now light in him. And the Bible tells us that in another place. We are light in him Therefore, walk ye in him. But you got to understand, this is what the walk looks like here in Colossians chapter 1. So again, he ends this role here of showing what this walk looks like when it's actually taking place. It's not something we imagine and we all have different views of what it means to walk in Christ. To listen very carefully for those of you who are students of the Word, and you'll have to be if you're going to follow Jesus. But <clears throat> if, you, if you're not, you, 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 you end up following something. You're calling Jesus, and it won't be Jesus. But the Bible says that we are to be found walking in Jesus. How many of you know Galatians 5 equates our walk in Christ as being our walk in the Spirit. They're one and the same. You're not walking in Christ on Monday, but walking in the Spirit on Tuesday. If you're walking in Jesus, you're walking in the Spirit. And the Bible says in Galatians 5.25, if we live in the Spirit, or really since we live in the Spirit, then walk ye in the Spirit. And to walk in the Spirit is to walk in Christ Jesus. But to walk in Christ Jesus is to have our faith anchored in what it was in that gave us our first step in Christ Jesus, which was faith in his sacrifice, nothing else. And nothing else will give you your second step. Those of you who may be struggling with that, go read Galatians, write it down. Go read Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3 or 5 right there. It'll tell you, we began by hearing the 
message of Christ and Him crucified, the hearing of faith came, we received the Spirit, and miracles were even worked in that church. We didn't receive the Spirit, and miracles can't be worked outside the hearing of faith, and there it's related to preaching Christ and Him crucified. Glory be to God. This is, this is really laid out in simple form except for the prideful heart. The prideful heart just won't see the simplicity of the gospel. It's the humble heart that will see the simplicity of the gospel. And I hope that you'd, you'd understand that, that you would be moving in that direction to, to, to know nothing other than Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So watch this. The end of this little procession, here's verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father which has made us, qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. And, 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 he, and there's a colon there, so we keep going it, because he's explaining this about this light who has delivered us from the power of darkness. Now, he, listen, now, we, we're now partaking of the inheritance of the saints in light, in the light, because he's delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us, transferred us into the kingdom. See, it's a whole nother kingdom of his dear son. And that's powerful, isn't it? Of his dear son. And, and coming out of darkness into light has hadn't, hadn't got anything to do with just sitting around and, and having psychological vibes or feelings or emotions or thoughts. Nobody comes out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light unless they come through way of the cross. Nobody. There's a whole lot of things being offered today that's destroying this world. And it's actually being allowed to come into the church and it's a destroying what's called the church. But Jesus said, destroy. Let me say that again. Jesus promised that where he is allowed to build his church, the gates of hell will not be allowed to destroy. Let me say, if, if you're inviting people into the pulpit that have open lives, that what the Bible calls an abomination to God to minister the word, Jesus is not building through that. There are commercials on television now, men dressed up like women, women dressed up like men, talking about whether it's them or they or whatever the pronoun is. I saw one recently. It, 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 it says, love your neighbor. See, you know, and, and let me say, we, we have to love everybody. We have to love, I don't know, shouldn't even say it, that don't sound, we get to love everybody. We get to love everybody, but we don't have to tolerate in the house of God, what's not of God. I, I want to say that again. We do not have to tolerate, stand for, accept, receive, allow anything that's not of God. Nothing. Nothing. And, and, and we're not going to. The, 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 these churches that God is raising up, and you got to understand, God is raising up churches out of out of duh, out of, out of scratch, just just a little building over here, a little two or three, a four or five, a ten or fifteen, whatever. He's raising them up 
because they're holding dear the message of the cross. And they're not allowing anything that comes in who's still trying to hold on to anything that's been responsible for keeping the church paralyzed and deceitfully deceived over the last many, many, many years. So the Lord is bringing a remnant back to the place of being determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. Listen, doesn't make them better than anybody, but it does, but it does mean they are being equipped better because God's not equipping anybody outside of the message of the cross. There's no equipping going on outside of that. There's no walk with Him outside of a faith in the sacrifice. It's not happening. We can have the look. We can have been programmed to look religious and spiritual or denominational or whatever we might be involved in since we were four years old. And we might grow up and just have all the mannerisms and everything that those who are used to seeing. But if it's not the message of the cross, my friend, it... it the church doesn't need to be giving it an ear. Genesis through Revelation is the Word of God and should result in our view of the living Word of God and what He did as the Lamb of God because that's God's, that's what He's ever, that means forever, mindful of. And that's what he has commanded us. That's Psalms 111 verse 5 and 1 Chronicles 16 and 15 tells us that God has commanded us to always be mindful of the covenant. And it goes on to say there in that 15th verse of, of, of uh, 1 Chronicles 16, the word that he's commanded to a thousand generations. Get that now. That we always need to be always means what? Always means always mindful of the covenant, colon, the word which he's commanded to a thousand generations. Are you a part of a ministry that's involved in the word that God is still commanding, the, the word of the covenant? Does, does Do you go home with a little deeper knowledge of Jesus and what He is to you through the covenant that was made in His blood? Do you go home after your Bible study or after your church service? Do you go home with an attitude of, I need to try harder and work harder at this? Or do you go home saying, I thank God Jesus paid it all. I thank God that I just need to, uh, I've seen in the script, I've heard the preaching of the cross and that's where God is ever mindful of and, and that's where He's commanded me to ever be mindful of. That's where we, do you understand that's where you met God was at Calvary? You might not have known that, and none of us really did when we got saved, but that's where his mind, and your, that, that's where he gave you the new mind of Christ. Glory be to God. And he's never asked you and I to walk away from being mindful of that. And let me say this before I go on, because it's so important, and the Lord reminds me of these things to remind you of them, and that is the Word of God should never distract from the Lamb of God, but it should always enhance our view for that great truth of redemption, always. So he says here that he has God the Father has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light, which is what that means, in light, not just any light, in the light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness, 
and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Think about this now. We've been delivered out of the power of darkness, translated in to the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And this, this is what we should be thanking God for every day. That, that and a million other things. If you start thanking God, you ain't never going to have a place to stop. I promise you. I promise you. But he says here, who's delivered us from the power of darkness. The power of darkness was the power of the evil one who held all those captive under the law. Under the law. And, and, and see, the Bible says that the law works wrath. The Bible says that law is not a faith. But the Bible also says to Christians... And that means people who have their faith in the death of Jesus without adding anything to it. When you add to it, you eliminate yourself from it. That's what Revelation says. So, you know, faith in Christ, a Christian, is, 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 is just to have your faith in the death of Jesus. That's what saves you. And that's what brings you into this kingdom of light, the work that Jesus did. You see, Jesus twice in John 10 claimed to be the door and how he became the door was by dying so he could open the way, the Bible calls the new and living way. And you and I that are children of God, the Bible says in Romans 6, 14, that sin shall not, and that's talking about the sin nature, shall not have dominion over you because you're not under the law, but under grace. God, through His Son, redeemed us from under the curse of the law and brought us under the grace. That's what these scriptures are referring to. He delivered us from the power of darkness, that was, that's over everyone's life who was not a believer in Christ or who is not a believer in Christ, the promised Redeemer. And he's not only, listen, he not only brought us out of that darkness, that ignorance, that state of being. Ephesians says that we weren't just in the darkness, we were the darkness. I want you to think about that. We were the darkness, Think about that. You are whatever you're a part of. Now, as a Christian, you're a part of the one who claims to be the light, Jesus Christ. And he said, you're the light. You're light in him. But before we were born again, before we were translated out of that darkness of evil and sin and deception, we were not the light. We were the darkness. But he delivered us, listen, not just from the darkness, but from the power of darkness. See, the darkness is a power. There's a power over the darkness and in the darkness that holds men and women and boys and girls captive and, and prevents them from being delivered from this, this great darkness of ignorance, of sin and guilt and shame and fear and, and no way out until they hear the gospel way, the, the cross way, the way of Christ and Him crucified. And when their hearts believe it, 
when they believe unto what? Romans 10 and 10. When the heart of man believes unto righteousness, they're believing unto the light of the gospel they're hearing. You see how beautiful that is. Praise the Lord. You see how beautiful that is. Because when you're hearing God's word in its righteous context, you're hearing God's word in its context of light. That's what lights the path up and causes it to shine more until that perfect day. Glory be to God. So, so he, he delivers us. Uh, he delivered, past tense, us who are believers from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. And just for the sake of it, I didn't even do it before, but I want to look up the word here with you all uh, in in, in uh, this word kingdom because that's what we've been translated into, the kingdom of God's dear son. And this word kingdom, <clears throat> listen to the definition. <clears throat> the first word it means is royalty. That is rule, his rule, his royalty. A realm, a kingdom. And this, it, it, it's power. We've been delivered from the power of darkness, and now we've been translated into the kingdom or the power, the royalty of God's dear Son. Think about how precious that is. Makes no difference what your situation is today. Makes no difference how your, your, your Christian life may, may, may not look like you know it should. That doesn't change the reality of, of the truth that you have been delivered out of the power of darkness and you have been translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son where the, if you have believed on Jesus Christ that He died to forgive you of your sins, my friend, it don't matter what it looks like. Things do probably, they do need to be better. You do need to be experiencing, let me say it a better way, I do need to be experiencing more of the light in this kingdom of God's Son, this royalty. And this is what makes the power of the gospel so precious and beautiful and wonderful is that no matter what we're doing, no matter what our situation is, the potential is always there to rise up, awaken unto righteousness, the Bible says, which is to the true light and sin not. Doesn't the Bible say that in the New Testament? Awaken unto righteousness and sin not. That means come back, awake up to the message of the cross where the light shines from onto the path God set your feet in the moment he saved you and you're you're on that path so just keep walking keep running this glorious race he set before you it, it's beautiful when you begin to study the word and see how righteousness has been made your light and Jesus has been made your righteousness because he's the light of God's righteousness to us so Let's read this again in verse 13. Who is delivered, has, not, not going to. If you've got bondages and struggles in your life, you, listen, you've already been delivered from the power of darkness. 
Now, that you may say, well, it sure don't feel like it, and boy, I've been a fool, or I, man, I, I, I've played the role of, of a dummy. I, I, I've, I've let my flesh show up and just uh, try to run my life again, and it don't mean, matter if it's been a few minutes, a few hours, a few weeks, or a few years, my friend. The potential is there for you to once again step into the reality of what God says, not about how you feel, not about how things look, but about what He said. This is the problem, one of the main problems in the church is that we think we have a right to imagine these truths in our own imaginations and we don't. We don't, listen, whatever, and we will all have different imaginations but we can't live by them. We have to live literally by every word that has proceeded out of the mouth of God and has been written through men into the holy word of God we call the Bible. That's what we have to look at. That's what we have to glean from. That's what we have to seek God to hear and to learn and to be found walking in. And many times the Bible will say something that's totally different than the way we feel or the way our lives look. So at that moment, it's just, it's just the, listen, at that moment, you got to choose whether you're going to just keep living by what you feel or the way things look, or you're going to come back and believe God's word is truth. God's word can light up the right way for you. Hallelujah. Because that happens to us all the time. Well, I'm in a mess again. Well, I got myself in another bind. I'm in another jam. Just pray for me. Let me tell you, me praying for you, if it don't end up with you looking at Calvary's lamb, all the praying for the rest of my life for you ain't going to do no good for you unless it ends up. What that prayer is intended is to get your focus back on to God to get your focus back on the one object he's delivered you unto for the answer you need in every situation in every moment of your life and that's Christ and Him crucified. God's not giving you another answer, not for anything. Nothing. The answer that you seek is found in the cross. The biggest struggle all Christians have is not with this bondage or that vice or this sin or that. The biggest struggle we all have as God's people is what we're going to do with the cross. If we're still staggering over the truth of the cross, well, we're going to have problems that ain't never going to leave. But if we'll deny self by taking up that cross, my friend, then you, you stop struggling, oh, st struggling and staggering all over the cross, picking it up and you'll find that the answer is still one from God and that's what his son did at Calvary. Let me say it again. The biggest struggle that all Christians have is what they're going to do with the cross. That's where God always delivers you. So that's where you're always going to have to choose to believe. Is what Jesus did for you at Calvary enough? No, 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 no. Not just to get you saved and into heaven, but are you now as a Christian experiencing what the Bible means for your faith to be in Christ Jesus? Number one, it's for the Christian a continual daily cleansing. Remember 1 John 1, 7 through 9, 1 John 1, 7, if we walk in the light as He is in the light, then we'll have fellowship one with another and the blood cleanses us from all 
unrighteousness. See there, if we walk in the light that he is in, the light that he is and that he is in, that light of righteousness will shine on our unrighteousness. And there's that thanks be to God for the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, washed again, cleansed to my walk being cleansed. But number two for the Christian, you got to understand, my friend, that you were crucified with Christ. You got to understand that your communion with Christ is in your place of being crucified with Him. You are dead with Christ and hidden in God. Colossians chapter 3. You got to understand, my friend, that salvation goes on beyond just you initially being saved and having a place prepared for you one day when you die. Listen to me, my friend. You got to come to grips with. As long as you're not reckoning yourself to be dead indeed to that sin nature and alive unto God through Jesus Christ, faith in Jesus Christ, you're never going to get over those things that just keep tripping you up, tripping you up, holding you back. And, and the devil's telling you you'll never get past this. Your daddy, your granddaddy, your great-granddaddy, you know, nobody's perfect and blah, 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 blah. I'm telling you, if the cross was powerful enough to save your soul, to give you a new heart, and to quicken your spirit and make it alive, the Bible says because of righteousness, then that same righteousness of Jesus Christ can allow you to be found walking upright before God. No, 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 no. We're not going to live a perfect life. And the proof of that is 1 John 1, 7. When we get too much into ourselves. Oh, we still love Jesus, but every once in a while, my friend, I understand the reality of loving myself a little bit more than Jesus. Come on now. But there's that Holy Spirit and I'll know His voice because He's pointing me back to where He's always attempting to deliver me that if I will heed his, his leading, and where He delivers, I'll experience deliverance that He's offering me through the blood of Jesus. Nothing else. Nothing I say, nothing I do, nothing, I, nothing, nothing but the blood. We sing it for a hundred years, and then the whole time we're singing it for a hundred years, we're out working for more grace. My friend, believe what the song says, nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood. I'm sorry, Lord, for what I've made it. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. Faith in the sacrifice alone. Watch this now. Let's read it again. My goodness, verse 13. Who has delivered us? I got to stop again. Doesn't say he's going to. It says he has. You, you actually today... If you experienced deliverance from something in your life that's choking the life out of you, it'll be because the Lord was able to get your, get your attention to the truth of what Christ has already paid for, already accomplished, and already made a reality whether you know about it or not. Listen, it's real. You believe in this, don't make it real. It's real whether you believe it or not. It, may, it, it brings you into the reality of its experience when you will simply believe it. You have to believe. 
You can't just expect God to work a magical, mystical thing. You wake up tomorrow and, and, and you're delivered. No, my friend, it takes, you weren't born again that way. And in, in Galatians 3 says that don't become, a don't become a fool by thinking you can do things different, experience God differently than the way you received Him. Galatians 3, read it. And weep. Read Galatians, the whole book of Galatians, and weep over the reality of the avoidance of that from preachers to the church today. Weep. Oh, God's the Holy Spirit is grieved over what He hears. I saw I saw a clip of uh, on YouTube of a, of a man. I won't even call his name. I believe he's probably dead, been dead for years, but really a well-known name. And 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 he was playing this music, you know, just this certain music in the background, talking about how he received the anointing, and it was it was in something that actually happened in a service. He never talked about the gospel. He never pointed to Calvary. He's just talking and saying words. It's never the never the gospel. It's it's never that. And boy, people are being moved. And it is the seduction, the great seduction of the church. Wherever the cross is not the focus, there is a seducing spirit there. Wherever the cross of Christ, the testimony of Jesus Christ, doesn't have the preeminence, there is a seducing spirit there. And this makes almost all the church mad because they're being seduced. I'm not being ugly. I'm just telling you. People don't mind you preaching the cross as long as you don't just open the Bible and point to Christ Him crucified throughout all the Scriptures. But that's the light it's written in. Remember, all of God's words are in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. Write it down. And some of you preachers listening to me, you need to quit having preachers come preach in your church just to try to build your church based on the name of a preacher. You need to have these gospel cross-eyed preachers come. Do you love your people? Do you love your people? Then you need to have preachers to come in there and preach the Lamb to your people so your people can partake of something other than just saying, boy, we had brother so-and-so. We had No, you need, you need this determination in your church. It's what you need. No, I'm not asking for an invite. I love my back porch. Glory be to God. I love my couch. I love this place. What I'm asking is you to consider what are you using to build your church. Is it the message of the cross? Is it the message of the cross? And if you don't believe it has to be, that's seduction taking place in, in our very hearts. I'm speaking from experience. I'm speaking from my own experience. And I encourage you to get determined. I encourage you to get determined to know nothing else. Yeah, people are going to be irritated over it. Look at Paul. People are going to be disgruntled over it. Look at Paul. Look at Jesus. Come on now. Who has delivered us, verse 13, from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have. We're not looking for it as a Christian. We have it. Because we've already been delivered from the grip and the power of darkness. And we've already been translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son. 
in whom? You see, coming into the kingdom of God is coming into Christ. It's coming in. It's believing into Christ. Hallelujah. You, you got to understand that. When you believed with the heart under righteousness and your mouth confessed unto salvation, Romans 10 and 10, that was, that was the same as you accepting the truth of what Jesus did for you at Calvary as the light that only shines through Calvary. It shines in the face of Jesus Christ. Isn't that what 2 Corinthians 4 and 6 says? Let's go look at it. I'm glad you brought it up. Hallelujah. Yeah. Talking to the Lord this morning. He brings up some good stuff. Hallelujah. Watch this. 2 Corinthians 4 and 6. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light, here it comes, of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. My, my goodness, do you see that? I want to get back to something I started. The Lord's quickening my heart right now to finish something I said that I didn't, I didn't go far enough with it. Some of you probably, if you follow our ministry, you caught it, and, 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 and I'm, I'm thanking the Lord that He brought me back to this. The way that all of God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, write it down, Psalms 119, 105 tells us it is is because all of God's words are in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. Now, I want you to see this. In Romans 1, 16 and 17 tell us that the righteousness of God, that which all God's words are in light of, is found in the gospel. And if you read that, you'll find that those who are hearing God's Word, God's righteousness, the righteousness of His Word, producing the righteousness of faith, listen carefully, then their feet is going to be walking in the path of righteousness, which is our light. It's a path that's lit up. You have to literally reject the light to move off the path. You have to start looking away from the path of righteousness, the path of light, the path of the just, and you have to start beholding darkness again to, to let it have a negative effect on you. But as long as you keep allowing the Lord to deliver you to the one place that keeps the path lit up for you, which is the death of Jesus, 2 Corinthians 4.11, then what God is working in you, that being death, the death of Jesus, 2 Corinthians 4.12, is going to allow that light to shine more in the days ahead. So let's talk about these three scriptures again. And if you don't accept this, and you have, listen, if you don't accept this, especially those of you who are ministers, if you don't accept this, then you're pushing away these truths for the sake of another voice. Another voice. And, and before we share these three scriptural truths again, remember, 
that it's the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus that has been made our light. Our light. Think about that. It's Psalms 37, 6. God has made our righteousness as the light. So think about that. All of God's words we live by, right? Jesus said that. We don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. All of God's words, all the words of my mouth, God says, are in righteousness. None of them are outside of righteousness. None. That's a mishandling of God's word. That's Proverbs 8 and 8. And Romans 1, 16 and 17 tell us that the righteousness of God, that means the place where every place where God's word is spoken within that righteous context is revealed in the gospel. In the gospel. Now that's powerful, isn't it? So... You, you need to remember that. I said three, three scriptures, but we'll stick with those two right now. Proverbs 8 and 8, Romans 1, 16 and 17. If you can't see that, my friend, you need to pray and ask the Lord to help you see that. God's Word can do nothing for us if it's outside of its righteous context, which is who Jesus is, and what he did at Calvary. Doesn't matter where you're at in the Bible, if you're teaching on prophecy, if you're teaching on repentance, forgiveness, marriage, home and family living, you name it. If it doesn't begin with Jesus and end with Jesus, there's a problem. Now, I'm not talking about just saying Jesus. I'm talking about allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal that Christ and what he did at Calvary is the answer for your marriage for the opportunity to raise your children in the admonition of the Lord, in the way they should go. This is, this is, this is powerful, powerful truths here in Colossians chapter 1, and I do hope that you'd understand what's written here wasn't just for the people in Colossae. It's for you and it's for me. It's for you, and it's for me, and it's for now. What will you do right now with what you're hearing right now? What will you allow the Holy Spirit to do with what you're hearing right now? When you hear truths as this, and you see them in the Word, but yet we still give ear to ministers who do not have this focus, we are a part, we still are a part of the problem instead of a part of the solution. When we give ear, I know people right now who've thought they didn't need to be around the message of the cross all the time because they're honoring men instead of that which honor God honors. And because they're honoring men, God forbid that we have ministries people can look at and walk away and say, see there, you don't have to always be about the cross. God forbid that be ever be our ministries. That people could look at us and walk away and say, see there, you, you don't have to be all, all about 
the cross of Christ. God forbid. That's a testimony against us. That's a testimony against us. God forbid that we be a part of the problem, but the solution, which is always the cross, the death of Jesus Christ. God bless you. I hope the Holy Spirit has been able to reach inside your heart and rearrange with a greater priority some things today. I hope that He's shown you some truth in a way that you'd be willing to let go of some things. Because there is no gain without loss. There is no gain without loss. And, the lo and what we lose for gaining Christ, we begin to learn that that loss, that which we refused to let go of for so long, it was robbing us the whole time. That's why the Apostle Paul could count what was really lost as dung because it had been robbing him from being able to gain more of Christ in his life. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm so thankful that you soldiers of the cross love to hear the teaching and the preaching of God's Word in the light of the living Word and what He did as the Lamb of God. I'm so thankful for exactly where we are in this period of God's dealing with men throughout history. This age is about to close right now, but the rapture is about to take place any moment, any moment. I don't say that to encourage you, although I hope it does. I say it because it's reality. We're at the end of the sixth day. We're at the end of what the Lord calls the last days. And we are on the threshold of what the Lord calls the day of the Lord, which is that last 1,000-year period that we're coming back to reign with our King. The same one who died on Calvary's cross was raised from the dead on the third day is coming back to reign on this earth. And all who are in Him, all who are believers in Christ Jesus are coming back with Him. And I want you to know we are at the threshold of all of that right now. We are at the threshold right now. And I'm thankful to know that is true. God bless you. Don't forget, we'll be in Austin, Texas in the morning at 10 a.m. Sunday morning as well at Determined Church there in Austin, Texas with Pastors Jonathan uh, Bateo and the congregation there. And if you're anywhere near, come on out and be a part of that. If the Lord stirs your heart as He does, has many of you to help us get these Bibles into the hands of the inmates who are requesting them all over this country in penitentiaries and federal prisons, you can do that by donating on the website, which is thecrosswaychurch.com, or you can simply text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you. I love you, and I pray His touch be upon everything that you have a need of today in Jesus' name. God bless you. I'll see you next time. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.